It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, animal friends, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and I am delighted that you're listening today. You may remember that back in May, there was a special program we talked about that provided free eye exams to service dogs. Well, the American Veterinary Dental College is pitching in as well by providing free dental exams for service dogs, and Dr. Brooke Nemec will be here shortly to give us all the details. Then, after our halftime break, Marianne Dell, our Pet Place literary reviewer, has a brand new batch of animal topic books to give you the rundown on. So keep your radio tuned right here to K-Mozart, and we'll get started after a very quick station break. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on K Mozart. I'm Marie Hewlett, and joining me now is Dr. Brooke Nemick. Welcome to the Pet Place, Doctor. Thank you. It's good to be here. Now, we've talked in the past to veterinarians who have been involved in a special program for service dogs to check their eyesight. And I understand you're involved in a special program to check service dogs for dental health. That is correct. We, um, the American Veterinary Dental College uh, has gotten together, and most, but not all, of the diplomats are uh, performing free screenings because it is so important for pets that, you know, perform services, whether it be police dogs or military dogs or, you know, just guide dogs and service dogs and things like that. Um, and they need to have their mouth because their mouth is so important in what they do. And most dental problems have no outward clinical signs. So a lot of these pets are really suffering in silence. And by coming in, we can make their, their mouth better, which makes their whole life better. Wow. Now, a lot of people I know don't really think of pet dental health as something to really be concerned with. Why should they change their opinion on that? Uh, well, because of all the things that we're finding that uh, gum disease and dental disease in general causes for the pet, not only within the mouth, but also throughout the entire body. Uh, lots of studies out there now are uh, combining periodontal disease with tremendous number of systemic issues, including heart problems, liver problems, kidney problems, lung problems, diabetes, uh, osteoporosis in, in humans. Uh, but the really big thing that's out there now is that there's a few studies that are showing that people, and that we don't have these on the animal side yet, but we probably will, mm-hmm. um, people with bad gum disease die earlier than people with good periodontal health. Wow. So it's just simply, simply, literally periodontal disease, you know, kills people and animals on a slow, slow basis. 
Um, and not only that, they also have things in the mouth like abscesses and eye loss and jaw fractures. I mean, literally, you know, it's small breed dogs. I see at least a couple times a month in my practice, I see a small dog, you know, usually under 10 pounds that's coming in because their jaw broke. And it's not because they got hit by a car. It's because the gum disease was allowed to eat through all the bone, and the bone became like a toothpick thick, oh, and it just broke due to normal trauma. So there's a lot of bad things that gum disease can cause. Well, um, and what that's causes even, periodontal disease? Periodontal disease is... Um, started by a thing called plaque, and plaque is just bacteria on the on the teeth. And the bacteria on the teeth uh, will form calculus or tartar eventually, but that's not the big problem. The problem is the bacteria that gets up underneath the gum. That stuff that's up underneath the gum will start creating inflammation, and that inflammation is initially known as gingivitis. And gingivitis, we now know, is enough to cause these systemic problems and if it's not treated, if that bacteria is not removed, whether it's by home care or professionally by your veterinarian, um, it is allowed to get further underneath the gum, which will change the bacterial flora to a more virulent or nasty bacteria. And then the body will start reacting to that by resorbing the bone. And when it resorbs the bone, it creates the pockets or the gum recession, and that causes all the bone loss. Oh, wow. What are the clinical signs of periodontal disease, and, and can an owner detect this on their own? Well, yes and no. Um, unfortunately, the clinical signs of periodontal disease are late signs, um, meaning that by the time you can appreciate anything you know, outwardly in your pet, it's gone on for a long time and already started to cause a lot of bad things. The things that a client can look for um, is tartar on the teeth, you know, the brownness on the surface of the teeth, redness of the gums, um, you know, the inflammation of, of the gums that look like gingivitis, um, bleeding, if they actually are brushing the dog's teeth, that they might get some bleeding. Uh, they also might get blood, like, on a favorite toy or something like that when they're chewing on it, like a rawhide or something like that, uh-huh. will create some bleeding. And then finally, bad breath. Any of those signs are, are a sign of gum disease, but unfortunately, you know, you already have pretty established gum disease by the time you're seeing any of those clinical signs. Um, and then the, the last things, like I said, we have the jaw fractures and nasal discharge and eye problems can be signed of periodontal disease as well. But really, it's looking at the amount of calculus and, and inflammation to the gums and seeing if your dog's got bad breath. Okay. Now, if you take your pet in routinely to the vet in general just for for well pet checkups, can any tests be done to detect the early stages of periodontal disease? Yes, I'm, I'm glad you asked. There is a, a new product, and actually they're, they're helping us out with this um, service dog campaign. Uh, there's a product called Oristrip, and Oristrip is... I describe it as litmus paper for perianal disease. It's basically a, a piece of uh, a strip of paper that you can, the veterinarian can wipe across the surface of the dog's gums, and it will test for a product called thiols. And thiols are only produced by you know bacteria that cause perianal disease. And the darker the color, the more disease that they'll have. And that is one of the things that we're doing for these service dogs. Um, we have been provided with three strips from Morris Strip to um, test these dogs. And I have found some things that looked really normal that had really bad disease. And once we got them under anesthesia, it was 
definitely glad that we did it because we found a lot of infected teeth in these dogs that outwardly look pretty normal. Wow. Now, from what you were telling me, especially in the cases where dogs are coming in with broken jaws, can you really treat advanced periodontal disease, or can you only take care of it in the early and maybe mid-range areas? Well, basically, you can treat it at any stage, although what we want to do is we want to prevent it. You know, so we want to practice you know, preventative medicine, which is what we try and do everywhere in, mm-hmm. in veterinary medicine and human medicine. Um, and, and prevention is basically you know, having the teeth cleaned on a regular basis and, and doing home care, hopefully brushing or, or feeding a, a, a dental diet. Uh, and then once you get into the more advanced stages, you know, we can do periodontal surgery. We can actually regenerate the bone. So even in really advanced cases, we can, you know, treat it and salvage the teeth. But once it gets really bad, the best treatment is to extract the teeth because once the teeth are gone, the bone can heal and regenerate and, and go back to a pretty normal um section, you know, pretty normal activity level. So it works out really well. But extraction, while it's extreme, it does cure the disease process. Well, that's good to know. Now, I suppose just regular cleaning, teeth cleaning is a good thing. Um, I know a lot of people have difficulty brushing their own pet's teeth, and so perhaps they'd like to bring their pet to the, the veterinarian to do it. Can most veterinarians do a reasonable job in in routine pet cleaning, or should somebody think about visiting a specialist? Um, well, that's that's a little bit of a loaded question. <laughs> um, there, I know there you, are, you have there a, a wide discrepancy. Yeah, there's a wide discrepancy of of quality of dental care, you know, within the general practices, and there are some that do a really good job, um, and there are some that you know, that that don't haven't got quite the training and, and the equipment. So the things that we typically recommend that a, a client ask for when they're um when they're taking their pet to a general practice to have the dentistry done is if they provide dental X rays. If they take dental X rays they have a pretty decent chance of that you know they're pretty well trained. Um do they chart the mouth? Do they, you know, do a full examination? Um those are really the best questions as long as um, as well, they're doing good anesthesia. You want to make sure they're putting in an IV catheter and using, you know, pain management and things like that. So as long as they're they're doing those things, they're probably okay. Now, if you're seeing these animals that have, you know, really bad disease and the client's interested in salvaging the teeth, that's when it's time to call a specialist. Okay. Because in gen- in general practice, really their options are going to be to clean them and to take them out if they're bad. Whereas as a specialist, we can perform periodontal surgeries. Um, and we can do a really good job cleaning, and we can salvage some teeth that, you know, in other places would have to be extracted. Do experts like you actually fill cavities like they do in people, or is that just not done in veterinary medicine? It, it is done. We, we do cavity fillings, and, and we do pretty much anything that you could imagine having done in your mouth, and that includes root canals and crowns and major oral surgeries and even, yes, dog braces. We do do that. <laughs> Um, believe it or not, um, wow. we don't do a, yeah we don't do a lot of them, but uh-huh. we do do you know there are some times where you know doggy braces are a good idea because they're you know they're hitting into the palate with with you know a, what we call a traumatic malocclusion where it's actually hurting the dog as oh, opposed yeah. to a purely cosmetic thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but to do true cavity fillings, do I? Yes. Do I do them very often? No, because cats don't get cavities and dogs don't get them very often. 
Okay. So we don't do a ton of cavity fillings, but that being said, I do, you know, at least a few a year. Um, but typically what we do is we do, you know, a, a lot of oral surgery, a lot of root canals, a lot of crowns, um, things like that, you know, even cancer surgeries for, you know, dogs and cats that have oral cancer because it's a very common place to find it. Okay. Hey, I have a question for you. I know that some of my friends who have had older pets or sick pets have been really reluctant to take their animals in for dentistry because they have to be anesthetized, and of course they're they're really worried about that and whether their pet would even survive it. Weighing the pros and cons of uh, going forward with dentistry at that point, what's your recommendation? Well, that's a great question, and I'm glad you asked. Um, it's a very common old wives' tale that old dogs and old cats should not be placed under anesthesia. And to be honest, even uh, some veterinarians still believe that. There are studies on the cat side, not on the dog side yet, but I'm sure there will be. But basically, age is not a disease. When you have a dog that's 18, 19, 20, they are no more at risk for anesthesia than a two-year-old dog is. Provided, yeah, provided that everything else is going okay. Meaning they don't have a kidney problem. They don't have a liver problem. Their heart's okay. If everything else is okay, we, we so basically if I'm going to anesthetize an older animal, and if I'm not doing a dog over 16 in my practice every week, almost every day, um, I, I'm shocked. I mean, we're always doing older pets, and they actually do very well, provided they don't have these other problems. So we always want to get some blood tests on them, maybe take some chest x-rays on them. But if those are okay, then, then I don't have any concerns about doing anesthesia. And if they do have problems, whether it's kidney problems, liver problems, heart problems, we still can do the anesthesia, and I can tell you that I do high-risk patients almost every day in my practice, and in 20 years, I haven't lost a pet yet, knocking on wood very, very hard right now. Um, and, and it really comes down to the fact that if you work them up and you know that there's a problem, let's say your dog's got a heart problem or your dog's got a kidney problem, what we know now is that the, the gum disease is negatively affecting the heart, the liver, the kidney, and by treating the gum disease, we actually improve the function of the heart, the kidney, and the liver, and all these different organs. So we make the pet healthier. So avoiding anesthesia in a dog that has mild issues, uh, mild to moderate, say, issues that has that gum disease is actually not good medicine. So we have to we have to take these older patients and go, okay, he's got really bad disease. He's got, you know, gum disease. He's got, eh, you know, a little heart problem. He's worth doing. It's worth the risk-benefit ratio. But if you have a really, really bad dog that's really, really sick, well, then maybe we have to look for some other options. Okay. Well, before I let you go, and I know we're running out of time here, uh, do you have a website where somebody could find out more information about dental health for pets or maybe uh, a link to your, your own personal website that has this information? Yeah, our website, um, which is Dog Beach Dentistry, so it's all one word, dogbeachanddentistry.com, um, or they can you know, look us up at Southern California Veterinary Dental Specialties. Um, it has client educational videos on the site about periodontal disease, um, also has pictures of the different stages of periodontal disease where the clients can go on there and, and see where their dog looks at, and then there's also an, an email link to us that they could ask us questions. Wonderful. Well, I'm so happy you were able to take some time with us today. You've really given us a wealth of information, and we really appreciate it. 
No problem at all. Thanks for having me, Marie. And listeners, don't forget to take advantage of the service dog program if you have a service dog by August 31st. I know there's not a lot of time left, but it's a great program if you have a service dog and something to look into. We need to take a break now, but we'll be right back with Marianne Dell and book reviews. So don't go away and we'll get started in just a moment here on K Mozart. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show, and I want to let you know that during our break, Dr. Nemec said that for Pet Place listeners, he's going to go ahead and extend the free dental exam for service dogs by two additional weeks at all the Southern California veterinary dental specialties throughout Southern California and Nevada, so that's a great thing. And joining me now is our old friend, Marianne Dell. Hi, Marianne. Hi, Marie. That is a great thing. The ice clinic folks do that for the service dogs, too, and it's just a wonderful, well, service. It is. (laughs) Hey, I'm so glad you're on the show today. We've really missed you, and and you've uh, read a few books for us, and I'm anxious to hear all about them. Yeah, well, today's uh, books all cover the same topic, but in different ways and from different perspectives. It's a tough topic. And it's one that most pet owners out there have had to face at one time or another, and that's the loss of their beloved pet. Oh, yeah. And, you know, a lot of us are really lucky. I think you and I both have a tremendous network of friends and even coworkers who understand where we're coming from because they share our love of our pets. And they know that when we lose one, it's, it's a member of the family we've lost. Exactly. Didn't it wasn't always that way for me. I used to work with some people on, on one of my previous jobs who just had no clue that it was important in any way. I've met those same people, too. And, uh, <laughs> I don't think any of them are in my life any longer. No, same here. <laughs> we all seek out kindred spirits, and this is an issue where I think kindred spirits are very important And I've read three books and watched one DVD that all address the issue, uh, like I said, from different perspectives. Um, Two of them, two of the books, Just One More Day by Jeffrey Bain and Meet Me at the Rainbow Bridge by Kenneth Newman were both written as responses to these two gentlemen losing their beloved dogs. Okay. And one of the, uh, Meet Me at the Rainbow Bridge is, a plea in addition to helping people understand the dynamics of what happens when you lose a pet and the grief process that you go through. Uh, Newman makes a, a plea that we as a society and our lawmakers stop looking at animals as the equivalent of a toaster. <laughs> exactly. You know, your microwave, your microwave blows up. No, most of us don't cry over it, we go to Target or Macy's or wherever and buy a new microwave because it does the same job as the old one. You go to Macy's? (laughs) I go to Target. (laughs) I go to Target, too. I just thought I'd throw something else in there for people who might not. (laughs) And Newman met a lot of resistance to wanting to get some recompense for the person who caused his dog's death. He writes about it in the book. I'm not going to get into details, but it was very sudden and very devastating. Oh, wow. And his dog actually saved his life in the process of her being killed. Oh. 
and he talks about the grief process and what we go through um, and why it's a justified process and why we have to go through it. And Bain does the same thing. Bain's book incorporates some first-person stuff from him, a lot of essays from people who have lost or are facing the loss of their animals, um, some of them heartbreaking as they talk about the decisions people go through, some of them very rewarding because what they are are memories of their animals when they were still alive and the good times they had. Wow. It sounds really, really nice. I know that, you know, whenever anybody loses a pet, if they can read something like this and read what other people have gone through, it kind of makes them feel better because sometimes people think like they're all alone, like, Am I being silly for having these feelings? So to be able to read that other people feel exactly the same way, it's, it's really important. Yes, I, I completely agree. How many times have we or our friends heard, it's just a dog, get mm-hmm. another one? Mm-hmm, exactly. You know, and it's not, it's not a microwave. No. You no. know, what, what, each of my dogs gives me something different from the others, and that's irreplaceable. If, yeah. if it wasn't, I wouldn't have multiple dogs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's one of the things that you were touching on a little bit there, too, is, um, you know, the decision to, to have a pet euthanized. Yeah. And and that's always a difficult one because people always second-guess themselves and they think, should I wait a little bit longer? Did I wait too long? How do these books address that? In various ways, and and I'm glad you brought that up because the third book uh, addresses nothing but that issue. It's called Facing Farewell by a veterinarian named Julie Reck. And she talks about not only the emotions and the decision-making process that go into deciding to euthanize, but she actually explains the procedure for readers. And I don't know that I've ever read it, an explanation of it that's quite as clear and comforting as hers. She talks about the difference in the ways we humans view death and the way animals view it, which is they don't view it at all. Mm-hmm. Animals don't sit here and say, oh, my gosh, I'm sick, I'm dying. They simply feel bad. Right. And all they want if they get to a certain point in feeling bad is for those bad feelings to end. Mm-hmm. And we have this wondrous gift we can give them of letting them go when it's time. And all of the books address the issue on knowing when it's time, as does the DVD, as a very personal issue. And all of them recommend talking to your veterinarian because that's the expert in your animal's health Mm -hmm. who can help you with issues of is your animal really suffering or is it just slowing down. Okay, okay. You know, my, my old Pekingese Hammond, who's 16 or 17, has slowed down mightily in the two years I've had him, and his most recent bodily function to kind of go is he's a little bit, he's become a little bit incontinent. Oh, that's always difficult. And I know there are people who get to that point and say, well, I think it's time. And for some people, I'm I'm not saying whether that's the right or wrong decision because this is very personal. For me, I wouldn't even entertain the notion that it's time. Mm -hmm. So he dribbles a little. He still enjoys his life. He enjoys being with his family. He enjoys eating. My gosh, does he enjoy eating? <laughs> and so to, to me and the way I view quality of life, it's not nearly time to say, okay, Hammond, it, it, you're ready for the next step. Right. 
And and some people, a good example is cancer, and these books all address cancer and diseases also. Some people have a, um, an animal that's diagnosed with cancer. Well, they can't afford to pay for the treatment, and they might opt. I know many people who've done this. They get the diagnosis, the animal is old, they, they can't face the thought of their animal suffering, and they decide to euthanize then. Is that the wrong decision? Not necessarily. If the dog goes with love and knowing he or she or the cat or the bird or whatever animal it is, knowing he or she is loved, being sent on by loving hands and warm hearts, that may be the kindest thing. And if the people can't handle watching the animal suffer, they may inadvertently act out in negative ways toward the animal. For others, putting everything they can into keeping the animal alive for as long as they can is the right decision. And what I like about all of these is they emphasize there is no right or wrong answer. This okay. is an issue that you have to follow your heart on, that you and your pet and your pet's caregivers need to decide as a team. But ultimately okay. the decision is yours. Okay. I do hope, though, that you know, as people do keep pets, hanging on and hanging on and hanging on that they're doing it for the right decision for for the pet and not for their own reasons. Sometimes people keep an animal, I hate to use the word selfishly, but, but really it is that point where the animal is really suffering enormously and, and would like to be released and, and it's just not happening because the pet owner can't say goodbye. You're absolutely right. And it's a tough I- spot. It, it's a very tough spot to be in, and again, I uh, go back to the book Facing Farewell, where uh, the author talks about that issue and what a sticky wicket it is and how important it is as much as possible to, ahead of time, sit down. You don't have to do it the day you bring the new puppy home, although it's not a bad idea to discuss what happens if there's a sudden illness, what happens if our pet is injured beyond a certain extent Absolutely. and it's suffering. Well, Marianne, these these books probably have tremendous tips in them, and I'd like to discuss them further, but it looks like we're out of time, and we need to take our last break of the day. But don't go away, everybody, because we'll be right back with Pet Place News and Events here on K Mozart. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. Did you ever want to have a professional portrait of your pet? Well, you're in luck today. From noon to 4 p.m., Chateau Le Pooch in Brea will have a professional photographer on site who will capture the true personality of your little special companion in a memento that will last the rest of your life. You can choose a variety of backgrounds for these wonderful keepsakes and even pose with your pet if you choose. Chateau Le Pooch is located at 860 West Imperial Highway, Suite M in Brea. And if you'd like more information, just call 714-482-0452 or visit www.chateaulepooch.com. And don't forget to check out our website at www.petplace.org and send us your comments or suggestions for the show. We love to hear from you. 
Well, that's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend here on K-Mozart. I'm Marie Hewitt. Please spay or neuter your pets and have a wonderful day. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.